Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, find life, make a difference, and reach our world. One of the most common questions we ask is, how do I hear God? Is God far away? Does He speak today? How do we have a conversation with God and receive direction for our own lives? How can we then show love and impact the world around us? In this series, we'll look at the ways we can listen to the voice of God, engage with Him in our everyday life, and take practical next steps in our spiritual journey. Join us for Hearing God. You just kind of want to enjoy that, don't you? Don't really want to interrupt it. I feel like I should be on a prayer walk somewhere with the birds chirping and everything. Hey, everybody, welcome to Grace Life. So glad to have you guys here in the building as well as wherever you are all around the world. Hey, before we get started, a couple of things today. First big announcement, uh, we are not going to need tickets for Thursdays anymore. You guys aren't going to need to do that anymore more. How cool is that? So just come out and join us. want to invite everybody out for our Thursdays. Uh, One other thing, by the way, this is Father's Day weekend. So how about we give it up for all the fathers everywhere? Come on. If anybody in my family is paying attention, (laughs) filet mignon on the grill, just saying that, that would work quite well. Also want to take a moment and uh, just say thank you to you guys as a church. We just had one of our serve days this weekend that we're, we've got opportunities all throughout uh, summer of serve that goes from Memorial Day to Labor Day. And just all through the, the season of COVID and all that you've been doing to feed people uh, from L.A. to, to Columbia and, and giving out masks to hospitals and then coming out <laughs> wearing masks and still coming out to be a part of helping other people. I'm going to tell you, you guys are tremendous. And uh, we, you don't get to see all of the things. Thank you notes. We get thank you notes in the mail constantly saying thank you, Grace Life. So I just want to pass it on to you. Everybody around is saying to you, thank you, Grace Life, for all that you do. And I just want to say I've got the greatest privilege in the world to lead a church that has such a heart for other people. So clap for the people beside you because everybody deserves a, a round of applause for, for your heart. Amazing. So as I said, no more tickets for Thursday night, but I actually have even a little bit bigger announcement than that. What about Sundays? Anybody want to know about Sundays? Okay, so here we go. Uh, Starting Sunday, July 12th, we will start Sunday services in the building once again, Sunday, July 12th. And on that day, we will have all of our children's ministry functioning. So families that are ready to get out of the house, come on, I know there's some of them out there, right? Uh, We will be here. We'll have children's ministry for you. We will continue social distancing to the best of our ability. But obviously with children, you're going to have to make your own call as a family. And starting after Sunday, July 12th, our Thursday services will also include children's ministry. So we're going to to do our best to get things rolling again starting July 12th and, and uh, see where we are. And for the record, by the way, we will stay online. So whatever your comfort zone is or whatever your circumstances are on any given weekend, that's not going away. So that's going to be the new Grace Life moving forward. You guys good with that? Yeah. All right, so let's get into the, the message series. Today is the last part of a series we've been doing. It's part four. And uh, the whole series is about hearing God's voice. And I'm going to go off my notes for a minute, which means we're in trouble if I do this before I even get started. But, but wasn't worship pretty awesome? I mean, there was just a, an incredibly anointed time with, with worship. And as we were singing that sake, second song and thinking about the favor of God in our lives, 
That, that really, this whole series is evidence of that because this series is about the fact that God wants to dwell with his people and speak to his people. And for you and me, that's a gift. You know, we, we can think that we deserve that or take that for granted, but, you know, we don't have a God that's just sitting up in heaven with his arms crossed going, well, you should worship me because I'm amazing. I mean, he is amazing and we should worship him. But he loves us so much that he didn't just do this, but he reached for us. He reached for us. He sent his son to die for us. And he speaks to us. He wants to be with us. He puts his spirit in us. And you want to talk about saying he is for us. He is for us. He is for us. I want the favor of God. What an amazing song to just help communicate what we're talking about in this series. So again, if you're, if you're joining in this series for the first time today, uh, the theme of it is God wants to dwell with his people and speak with his people. It, it's the theme throughout scripture from the beginning to the end, uh, that that's what was broken and that's what he has been fixing. And so this series has been talking about how to hear God's voice. And so we started out with how God speaks to us, saying he's got a spiritual voice, which is not a surprise because God is spirit. We have a spirit. He puts his spirit inside of us. And so it's a spiritual voice. And what that means is, for you and me, it comes across as an internal voice. It comes through our thoughts and our feelings, our impressions and, and dreams that we maybe even have. But then God also has a natural voice. And this, for you and me, feels kind of like an external voice because God speaks naturally through the natural things happening in our natural world, right? And if you were here for that part, we talked about how God uses people and circumstances to communicate to us. And then in part three, we talked about how God has a written voice. And, uh, we, you know, look, as believers, we have got to be able to trust that the Bible is God's word for us. We've got to be able to do that. And if you were here for that part, I told you, there are a lot of questions to being able to trust that the Bible is God's word. And so, look, I'm going to say it one more time because I'm excited. Also on Sunday, July 12th, not only will we be in this building, but on Sunday, July 12th, we're going to start a brand new series we've been preparing for over a year. And really excited for this because we're going to answer the really difficult questions about has science refuted the Bible? Is there anything in history that supports what the Bible says took place? And, and then the best question everybody always asks me as a pastor is how can it be God's word if sinful men wrote it? Come on, right? I mean, those are some really good questions. And so, look, we're not going to shy away from the tough questions and we're going to come up with uh, what I hope are, are really intelligent answers. Not we will come up with. We, we already have. We've already we've done the work on this. We're ready to share them with you. I believe it is going to build your faith, increase your faith, and, and especially if you've got a friend. I think every one of us has a friend who says, my difficulty with God is, and they tell you an unbelievable thing about the Bible. So if you've got one of those friends, uh, buy them lunch, do whatever you got to do, invite them to be a part of that series starting July 12th, because I think it's going to change uh, some people's lives. I'm really excited for that. So with that being said, God does have a written voice, and we will address those difficult questions. Uh, but today we're going to go ahead and close out the series. And uh, as we've been talking about hearing God's voice at the very beginning of the series, I, I told you how I, I had a pastor who would mentor me. And this is where the whole idea for me came from. Uh, because I grew up going to a church that talked about a really good God far, far away. And, and when I went to college and suddenly I asked this pastor to mentor me, and so I would meet him for coffee, and, and he would say, hey, Jimmy, so what is God saying to you? And the first time he says, like, God doesn't talk to me. 
God talks to you. You're the pastor. You tell me what God's saying to me. God talks to pastors, right? Come on, somebody, that's kind of how you're raised. And and that's kind of what I thought. So that's where I began the journey of learning that God would speak to me. And and so over time, I'd meet with him and he'd say, God, what is God saying to you? And and I remember uh, several uh, times I would give him the same answer and it it was not a good answer. I would say, "I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure God's been quiet this week. Yeah, that was kind of my answer because I didn't really have one. And uh, he would say, so, so tell me about your week. And so I, would, I was in college, right? And I was a double major and, and I was overloaded uh, on classes. So I'd begin to describe my course load and I'd talk about all the exams I had and all the papers that were due. And because I was a music major, that meant that in, in addition to classes and papers and exams, I spent like four to six hours a day in a, in a practice room with a piano and, and there just wasn't a lot of time. And, and so when I said, I just don't think God said a whole lot this week, he said, oh, I'm sure God said a lot. I just don't think you were listening. And so that really is where we're going to end the series today because we spent three, three, three weeks, I, I can do this, it's been a long time, three weeks talking about how God speaks to us. We absolutely cannot leave this series with talking about how we listen to him. Matter of fact, what I think we're going to discover is that how we listen to God is as important as how he speaks to us, Right? Has anybody ever had the experiences I have where like some days God just speaks and you're just like, man, I just feel like God's walking beside me. And other days you're thinking God's giving you the silent treatment. Like, come on, what did, what did I do to deserve this? Why are you not talking to me? Right? Come on, somebody, anybody with me? I know you are. There you go. All right. So, hey, look, I'm going to start with a, a really uh, great place for you and me. And, and that's to look at our hero of hearing from God. We've talked about him throughout the series and it's Moses. If there is a hero of hearing from God that we all want to be like, it's the the dude that got the burning bush talking to him. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I could sign up for one, that would be really awesome. You know, out mowing my grass and suddenly the shrubbery goes poof and you hear the voice of God. I mean, that that would just be a pretty good day, I think. So anyway, Moses, all right, let's talk about Moses here as we get into this. Moses had the burning bush. Then we also learn Moses would go up on top of a mountain, and, and he spent 40 days and 40 nights on top of this mountain just talking to God and hearing from God. Well, all of that's cool, but on top of that, when he came down from the mountain, he spent the rest of his life hearing from God as good as I can hear from Joe on this front row right now. He could hear from God. People would come to him and say, I need you to talk to God for me. It's what he would do for the nation of Israel. He would just sit all day. We looked at this in one of the weeks that we talked about this, where people would come to him, he would talk to God, he would give them an answer, right? Don't you want that? Don't you want those kind of experiences? Matter of fact, the Bible even sums it up this way about his life. It says, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Anybody want that? Kind of relationship where you don't have to wonder what God wants for your life. Like, oh, God, what are you, what are you saying? What do you want me to do? Okay, so as we're going to do, if you've got your Bibles, you can follow along. We're in Exodus 33. But I'm going to back up a little bit because I want us to understand the context of that sentence. You see, when it says the Lord spoke to him face to face, Moses was doing something to contribute to that kind of process. So we're going to start in verse 7, and it'll be right here on the screen. But it says, Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. I'm sorry, I was laughing because it just hit me. He called the tent. The tent of me. I've decided that's the tent of meeting. One of my college roommates, true story, he named his bed the word. 
So if anybody ever asked him, like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, man, I'm in the Word right now. I'm a true story. I'm not making it up. So I, I was just thinking, you know, Moses is like, oh, this is the tent of meeting. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, but seriously, it says that he set up the tent far off from the camp. And here's the first thing we see, that when Moses wanted to talk to God, he got away from everything else. <laughs> and maybe he got away from everybody else because sometimes the, the people or the, the biggest part of the, the not being able to hear, right? He got away from the noise. That's the bottom line. When, when Moses wanted to hear from God, he left all of the noise around him. It goes on to say, when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud, which represented the presence of God, would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. And then when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. I'm thinking, you should, you know. I mean, come on, if you guys ever come into the building one Sunday and there's like just a big pillar of cloud like right over top of me, you should fall down on your knees. I'm just going to go ahead and give you that. Like We should be like, oh my gosh, God is amazing. And so at least they figured that out. Interesting thing, though, they didn't come close. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And before we go on, this last sentence is really important. So when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. See, Joshua remained behind because Joshua wanted what Moses got. And the question we have to answer today is, do we? Do we want what Moses had? We all said so a minute ago when you thought it was just going to be a, sure, I raise my hand, I'll take that, Jimmy, thank you. No, 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 <laughs> trick question, because it's not just raise your hand, it's we're going to have to do some of the things that Moses did to get away from everything else. Think about what Joshua really was doing. Moses is like, man, I've been in here praying all day, been talking to God, time for me a little lamb burger, going to go back into the camp, time for dinner, and Joshua says, that's all right, I'm staying here. And Moses says, well, aren't you hungry? I am, but I'm hungrier for something more. Do we really want to hear God's voice? And just for the record, it wasn't just Moses. I'm going to give you another example of somebody we really should be learning from, a guy named Jesus, right? It says, rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. Really key words, right? Early. That means he's up before most other people, so there are fewer people to bother him, fewer distractions, right? And dark, I mean, that's like, it is so early that most people are sleeping, then to a desolate place. He did the same thing Moses did. It wasn't enough that he was up while everybody else was still sleeping. It wasn't enough that it was dark and most people wouldn't see him hiding in the corner talking to God. But he also wanted to get away from all of that. Now, look, I'm just going to do a little time out in the message at this point because this is the, the point where somebody's asking the question, okay, wait a minute, I'm confused. Why does Jesus need to do all of that to hear from God? I thought Jesus was God. And, okay, well, here's the first thing. Sometimes we misunderstand the Trinity, one God in three persons. And so uh, there was fellowship and community between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And just because Jesus was God doesn't mean that he didn't want to be with the rest of the Trinity, right? Okay, but that was for all the theology nerds in the room. Everybody else can just ignore that. Because here's the answer that the rest of us really need. And that is that what Jesus did on the earth, he didn't do as God. The Bible is very clear. What he did on the earth, he did as a man filled with the Spirit of God so that when you and I also are filled with the Spirit of God, we have hope. 
We can have whatever he had. We can do whatever he did. He's the one that told us. So he said, look, you're going to do greater things than I did when I leave and you get the Spirit of God in you just like I have in me. And so what Jesus was demonstrating for us was that as men and women filled with the Spirit of God, we need fellowship with the Father. We need to hear His voice. We need to get away at times. And we need to get alone, early, dark, desolate places. Matter of fact, He did it all the time. In Luke 15 or 5, it tells us, Great crowds gathered to hear Him and to be healed of their infirmities. And He did pray for them and He did heal them. But then He would withdraw to desolate places and pray. It turns out from Moses, the man who probably had the greatest earthly relationship. I mean, come on, burning bush, 40 days on a mountain, could hear from God like nobody's business, right? To Jesus, who was both God and perfect man, filled with the perfect spirit of God, both of them demonstrated something for us about how to listen to God. Silence the noise. Get away Get alone, silence the noise. And so I think the question that you might be asking is, well, how do we do that? And I like to always be very practical, as practical as I can be. So I'm going to give you two things about silence and the noise that's very important. The first one is that we've got to silence the physical noise. You see, all around us in our world, there is physical noise. And so to silence that, we're talking about something like silence and solitude. We actually have to get alone and we have to get quiet. And this is what Jesus modeled. It is what Moses modeled. It's all of the words of early, dark, desolate, and outside the camp. Everything was all about getting away and getting quiet. We simply have to make room for God's voice, right? I mean, if we want to hear a spiritual voice, then it makes sense. you got to get alone. you got to get quiet. There's, there's just so much physical noise, it's, it's hard to hear God's spiritual voice. But what about his natural voice? We said God speaks through people in circumstances. And you'd say, well, Jimmy, I don't need to, it doesn't do any good to get away from people if God's going to speak through people. Well, God's going to speak through people. He's going to speak through your circumstances. But then you need to get away and get alone to talk to God about what they said and discern when is God speaking through somebody and when is the enemy trying to speak through somebody. When is this circumstance something that God is trying to lead you this direction or that direction? And we talked about God having a written voice. Once again, you've got to get quiet and get alone in order to have time to hear from God's written voice. But the real truth for you and me is we live very noisy lives. Come on, somebody with me? If you're not aware of that, I'm going to make you aware of it. I'm going to give you some little... We're, we're just numb to the noise because we have things like push notifications on our phone. And if you've got an Apple, it goes to your computer and it goes to your iPad. And if they're all on at the same time and one person texts you, it's like ding, 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 all across. And it just keeps going, right? It's crazy. Social media and all of the posts and we constantly want to check it. And text, constant text messages. It's ridiculous how often somebody's saying this, this, and this. And we all feel the pressure. We have to answer it like right then. Our world is so loud. How about music while we're driving? I used to say it was a big one. There is actually a, a new thing going on right now. It's not music while you're driving. It's music while you're living. Wireless earbuds. I mean, come on. How many of us do this? We, we are always, of course you are, Gregory, man. You're, you're, you're listening to worship, though. It's anointed. It's okay. We're always listening to music. We're, there's something always going on. You get home. You turn on the TV just so you've got some noise on in the background. We're so used to the noise. 
I went out to lunch with a, a pastor mentor of mine, and we were talking, uh, sitting at this, this restaurant table. And at the table right beside us was a mom with a crying kid and another kid, and the other kid was, you know, somewhat calm, but this kid was just screaming and crying and whatever. And this was literally the table beside us. And I'm just talking to him and just going on and going on and on and on and on. And at one point, he just finally stops and he points and he goes, does that not bother you? And I said, what? And here's the point. This was a, a couple of years ago when, when my kids were a lot younger and a lot smaller. And I wish the problem had gone away. Truth is, they just got louder. It's kind of chaos in our house. Like they all still try to talk at the same time. And if one of them talks, the other one just thinks, oh, that's my cue to be louder, right? Come on, anybody raised more than one kid at the same time? And, and so I was just so used to kid noise and crying babies that I just kept talking. It didn't even phase me. But he was at a stage of life where his, his children are either gone or they know how to be quiet, one of the two. And, and, and so the point is, I just didn't notice, literally didn't notice. And, and I'm going to be willing to bet that most of us don't notice the amount of noise in our lives. We, we've just become numb to it. And so that's one reason it's very difficult to hear God's voice. We go around saying, God, why are you giving me the silent treatment? He's <laughs> like, well, you know, take that earbud out, turn off the TV, you know, put the some of those kinds of things. So let, let's just say some of those. How about this? Turn off the music in the car sometimes. I'm just going to tell you something I do. Uh, we do uh, weeks of prayer and fasting here uh, at Grace Life. And uh, just one of the things that I've made a part of it, regardless of what my fast is, if it's food or, or anything else, I always turn off all media in the car for that week. Because I just figured, wait a minute, I've decided this week is a week where I want to hear God's voice. I want to set aside a time to hear from him better. And, and if that's what I want, then the last thing I should do is try to cover up his voice with other noise. And, and so even if I'm driving, I don't specifically go, okay, God, I'm in the car. Let's talk. I just, I just get in the car and I just don't provide any extra noise. And, and if he wants to talk at that moment about something, that's great. If not, then we just hang out together, right? Take out our AirPods, take off the earbuds. Hey, I'm going to say something that's like blasphemy for, for most of us, especially since COVID and you've been working from home and you haven't had to get to work at the same time. But here's a crazy idea if you want to hear God's voice. Get up early. No amens, I noticed. <laughs> get up early before everybody else does. This is the, the little secret my wife and I have learned is, is once the kids are up, it's done for the day. That, that's just the way it is. They're, they want something. They want approval for an app on their iPad or whatever it is. They're constantly talking or, or fighting with each other or whatever. And so we have to get up before everybody else if we want time uh, to talk to each other and especially time to talk to God. Uh, I, I personally do this by taking prayer walks. I, I love nature, and so I love to get away. And, and also, when I'm in the office, people know to find me. When I'm in the office, people know to knock on my door and ask questions. When I'm in the office, I have a computer, and it sends me emails, and it tells me that my phone is ringing and all that kinds of stuff. So, so I like to, to just go somewhere where I leave the phone in the car, and, and I have nothing else, and, and I can just talk, or I can just walk and listen and just silence the noise. We simply need to do things like turn off your phone notifications. How many of you actually know how to like put your phone out for a day? Anybody ever tried something like that? Like turn it off and lay it down and you don't touch it? Oh, some of you right now, you're cringing. You're like, <gasps> you should check it out. It works. All smartphones do this, I promise. Be where the crowds are not. Bottom line, and I'm gonna stop telling you such simple stuff because I don't mean to treat you like kindergartners, but, but look, just schedule open spaces like Moses did. Moses set up a tent and he went there 
And if you need to, go set up a tent in your backyard. I don't care what it is. You know what? Some of us, we need to set up a time and we need to set up a place because we're not hearing from God in the midst of our busyness, our running out the door 10 minutes late for work, traffic that we want to scream at people, which I'm with you at that one because people don't know how to drive around here. That's been the best part of COVID-19. They all stay home. It's, it's, yeah, that was funny. I'm sorry. Just, I'm just telling you that. Everybody's working from home. And when I drive to the office, it's actually been fairly relaxing. I've enjoyed traffic for the last two months. So, but anyway, look, we just need to get away from anything and everything that distracts. Hear me. Silence is okay. Makes us uncomfortable, doesn't it? But silence is okay, except when it's not, which leads us to point number two. Not only do we need to silence the physical noise, we need to silence the spiritual noise. We're talking about freedom in our souls. We're talking about inner healing, spiritual freedom. You see, the truth is silence should be okay. We should be able to turn off all of the noise and to just say, okay, hey, God, if you want to talk, I'm here. And if you don't want to talk, that's okay. But the problem is some of us have so much brokenness. Let me take that back. All of us, because we're all humans, we have so much brokenness. We have, we have thoughts, we have feelings, and we have memories that we don't want to be alone with. And we want to drown them out with the noise. And that is why we have a TV on in the background when we're not even watching it. And that is why we will find ourselves playing something in the car, even if we don't like it, we don't care, because it drowns out what's going on in our souls. And silence is no longer okay. And we create noise to cover our brokenness. And I think this is probably the number one reason that we don't hear God's voice like we want to. Anytime I tell somebody, hey, have you decided to spend a few minutes with you know, the music off? They're like, oh, sure, I can do that. The first part, silence and the physical noise, most people are willing to give that a try. The problem is as soon as they do give it a try, then something else gets very loud. And if I could, I just want to stop and address really a strange contradiction for us. When this series started, we were talking about God having a spiritual voice and how you can have a thought. You're praying and you have a thought that you should do this. Oh, that couldn't be God. That's just me making that up. You're in a restaurant and you have a thought you should go pray for that one specific person, but you're like, oh, come on, God. I'm not sure that's you. I don't want to embarrass myself. I'm sure that's just me making that up. We talked about when we hear God's spiritual voice, the first thing we want to do is discount it. And we don't believe. But have you noticed how quick we are to believe the enemy's voice? If you sit down to pray and you're talking to God and suddenly you have this feeling that you're loved and accepted and you, you have this thought, God loves me, we go, oh, come on, God. That, I'm sure that's not God. That's just me. But at the same time, if you look in the mirror and you have a thought that says, if anybody knew the real you, he couldn't love you. We go, that's so true. We are so quick to believe the voice of the enemy and so slow to believe the voice of our God. We have to silence the spiritual noise. We have to come to a place where the brokenness of our lives, of our past, and of our souls, and of the things that we've been through is, is simply not the loudest thing happening anymore. And 
I'm just going to be honest. Look, if we don't do something about that, then it will be difficult to hear God's voice. It's, it's very difficult when there are so many things going on inside and you're having a hard time figuring out which, which part of this is broken, which part of this is not, and God's trying to say something like, hey, hey, let's be concerned. But you can't hear concern from God because you've been hearing fear and anxiety and worry from the devil forever. And, and they sound the same because of the brokenness. And, and you can't hear God speak, hey, go give that to somebody when you've been consumed with greed. The brokenness in here keeps us from hearing God's voice. And the reason I wanted to end this series this way is because of the number of times that I've tried to talk to somebody about hearing God's voice, the number of times that I've, I've preached on this because I do believe it's a, a core thing that we should cover more than once in my entire preaching career. And, and people, they get the first three parts and they come back and they say, hey, look, I started reading my Bible and I sat down to pray and, and I still don't think God speaks. And I think more of it has to do with not getting the freedom and the healing in our souls. And we find ourselves just trapped and broken. And so I'm just going to give you a, a, a few practical things, and they probably all go together. I don't think this list is very much of an either-or as it is. If you're struggling with silence in your soul, I'm going to suggest you start by talking to a pastor or, or maybe start by talking to your life group leader. And just saying, hey, look, I really struggle with this. Every time I sit down to pray, I start having this recurring thought. Every time my head hits the pillow, I have this recurring nightmare, whatever it is. And begin to bring that out into the light. And if your life group leader can help you through that, if not, then let's sit down with the pastor. We also might need to, for some of us, deal with that at a more professional level. There are Christian counselors who are trained to help with the brokenness in our souls. But I do want to stop for a minute and, and highlight one really important verse. It's not going to go on the screen because I'm, I'm just sharing with you for a moment here. But the Bible actually tells us to come and confess one to another so that we can be healed. You see, it is through each other. When you say, every time I lay my head down, I have this image of what happened to me as a kid. And somebody else in your life group says, me too, let's get coffee. And they share with you how they learned to silence the spiritual noise, how they got victory in their soul and they got their freedom. And that's why we do life groups here. And that's why we have not stopped life groups just because we haven't been able to meet together in the building because it is so important that you have a safe place, that you have people that you can go to and say, help me. Let me tell you what's going on in here because I really would like to be able to enjoy silence enough to hear God's voice. We have one particular life group here at Grace Life called Grow Spirit Life that is all about the freedom and the, and the relationship with God that comes from the Holy Spirit in us. If you've never been a part of that group, I personally invite you right now when we start our next cycle of life groups here in just a couple of, of months as we come out of the summer. I want to encourage you to, to be a part of that. Because all of the, you know, the do this, do that, do that doesn't do any good if the brokenness is louder than everything else. If the hurt from when we were a kid is louder than everything else, if the pain of what our father or mother said to us or what that coach or teacher said to us, if we don't deal with that, hearing God's voice, it's going to be very tough because we've proven we believe the broken voice. We believe it fast. 
I, as my, in my job as a pastor, I don't have to repeat anything broken. People come in and say, nobody loves me. Really, where'd you get that from? I don't have to tell them to believe. They do. But if I look at them and say, God loves you, they look at me and go, are you sure? So maybe for, for some of us, we just need to, to say, you know what? I'm going to take all of those little voice things from the enemy that I've just accepted at face value, and I'm going to start questioning those. And instead, I'm going to start taking the things that line up with the Word of God as truth. I'm, when I have that thought, God loves me, I'm going to believe that to be true. Because let me just, I'm going to give you all a freebie. Y'all ready for this? The devil will never tell you that one. The devil will never say that one. If you're hearing that, your father who loved you enough to send your big brother to die for you is talking to you. We've just got, got to believe it. Look. If we want what Moses had, right? If we want what nobody else has, we have to do what nobody else is doing. So I know you can say, oh, look, Jimmy, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need to talk to a pastor. I don't need to deal with that. I don't need a life group. I'm, I'm just going to do what everybody, I'm going to be just like everybody else. I don't need to take my earbuds out. I don't need to get quiet in the car. I'm going to be like everybody else. Then you're going to keep getting what everybody else in this world is getting. The last time I checked, there's not a whole lot of people on Instagram claiming how they heard from God this morning. If we want what nobody else has, we're going to have to do what nobody else is doing. And that is my hope for us as Grace Life. That's why we've done this series, is that we will be people who are willing to make some very tough changes. Some of y'all like your music in the morning. It's what wakes you up. Some of y'all like that extra 15 minutes of sleep, you know. We may have to make some tough changes in order to hear the voice of God in our lives. But I, I'm not going to close without one really last caveat. This, this last thing I'm going to say to you, it's important enough to be an entire message. But I'm going I'm to treat y'all like really smart, spirit-filled adults. And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do all the work when I just say this one thing. Many of us want our communication with God to be better than our relationship with God doesn't work that way matter of fact relationship is the basis of all communication right and so think about this when Moses got away he wasn't just getting away to hear he was getting away to be with God come on guys somebody in the room has made the same mistake I have I'm willing to bet that I, everybody's made the same mistake I have, and that is to say, hey, honey, how would you like to go out on the date? Oh, of course, honey, let's go out on the date. You get to the restaurant, first thing you do is you scan the TVs. That's the game I want to watch. Hey, can we sit over there? And you go over there, hey, honey, why don't you sit on that side? So as you're listening to your wife, you, every now and then you kind of look up like she's not noticing the eye movement, and she's not noticing the, oh, cringe when they miss the shot, right, that kind of thing, you know? And you say, well, wait a minute, I can hear her just fine as she talks because I can't hear the game. They don't even have it. I'm just watching. I can still hear. And, well, you know, I'm not even going to get into that debate. <laughs> no, you can't. But anyway, I just, but I'm going to tell you something. It's not just about listening to the words. It's about being with the person. And the prayer walks and turning off the music and the getting away. It's, it's not just about, all right, God. I got a question I need to hear from you. Come on. I turned off the radio like Jimmy said. So come on, talk. We think God's on demand, just like Amazon and Netflix. <laughs> now, there's a relationship. 
there is time in the silence. And anybody who's been married for a long time or anybody who's got like, you know, one of those father-son relationships, mother-daughter kind of things, you go on a trip. My wife thinks this is baffling. I can go on a trip with my sons and come and say, what did y'all talk about? Nothing. We don't have to speak. And guys speak less, obviously. That's just kind of how we are. And if you've been married a long time, you know what it's like. You, you don't have to be speaking words every moment like you did on your first date to cover up all the awkward silence. Because once we know God, and the more we know God, the silence is okay. And in the silence, we're going to start to hear his voice. So here's my parting thought for the whole series. The further we are from the noise, and the closer we are to God, then the clearer we are going to hear his voice. You guys get that? The further we are from the noise, and the closer we are to God, the clearer we're going to hear his voice. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much that we can have relationship with you and, and hear your voice. It wasn't enough for you to just leave us here and watch us from a distance, but you wanted to be a part of our lives. You wanted not only for us to talk to you, but for that to be a, a communication where you talk back to us and we hear and we say, thank you, Dad. And so God, I pray for every person that's listening right now that you will begin the process, even complete the process. You will bring them to a place of, of healing in their soul that would silence the spiritual noise. God, I pray for anybody that just needs to take some practical steps of silence and the physical noise, just turning something off and just finding a quiet time that, that will take those steps. God, my hope and my prayer is that you will cause us to be people who draw close to you. We get further from the noise and that we will be known for being able to hear your voice. If you'll just stay in a place of prayer, I want to take a moment and talk to those of you that have yet to make Jesus your king. See, the truth is we have a perfectly holy God and, well, none of us are. And the beautiful part of this is that God didn't leave us in that place. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. And because Jesus lived a perfect life, when his blood was shed, it was able to pay for our sins instead of his. And then by the power of God, he was raised from the dead, and that also gives us eternal life. If you've never accepted the free gift of eternal life that Jesus offers you through his death and his resurrection, I want to help you do that right now. Uh, the good news is I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't have to stand up. It doesn't even matter where you are. If you're watching online, you're kneeling on a living room floor, or if you're seated in the room today, I'm just going to help you have a conversation with him. Say something like this to yourself and to God. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And so now I want to live for you. I thank you that you love me. And I thank you that I'm forgiven. And my simple prayer is that you will fill me with your spirit and give me a life of great meaning in your kingdom. Amen. Everybody, let's celebrate with them. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you've been impacted in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to gracelife.church resources where you can share your story and find other tools for following Jesus. We hope you go out and make Jesus famous in your world.